Welcome to Beaver Does Movies, James Beaver back once again, and we have a returning guest, the one, the only, hopefully the only, Stefan Richard. <laughs> What's hopefully up? the only. Yeah. Hopefully the only one. So I'm uh, the only one that can tolerate me, I don't know if anybody else could. There you go. So, um, you were one of the originals, you were on first 10, and now I'm at episode 26 or 27, so I'm well past that echelon of 10 episodes and then i'm gonna the quit. bubble yeah yes the 10 episode bubble you was actually bringing that up last time we spoke on the podcast right so i'm kind of glad that i actually managed to miss it yeah that's good because i i know a lot of people get to that bubble and they're just they kind of that's the tipping point it's like keep going or stop and you're at episode 26 and when you look back on 26 and you're like wow i've done 26 of these exactly you know what i mean and it gets to a point where you're like that's a lot of work. I put in a lot of stuff. And I'm there. actually editing too. So yeah, but that, last that, time I was here, you're like, I don't listen, I don't edit, I don't do nothing. And, <laughs> and now I have an intro, I edit, I listen back five times. Yeah. It's like a seven hour process to do an episode rather than watch the movie for an hour and a half, then do a episode for an hour and a half, put it out. Eh, I'm good. I'm good. Now I have to actually have to listen to myself. How does that make you feel? Does it make I, you feel uncomfortable? It does. Because I hear little things like my stuttering or I say, you know, like and shit like that. Yeah. And I'm like, stop being a <laughs> jabbering moron. <laughs> I, but it's kind of improved my editing skills because I can actually put bits here and there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that that's good in that aspect. But other than that, I'm like, oh, stop it. Stop it. Yeah, you're your own worst critic. Most people who listen to this probably never picked it up. But now that you've mentioned it, they're probably going to go back and download every episode and be like... <laughs> and, and, oh, you can hear them breathing. I, I hate that aspect. Because when I was doing the solo episodes, when I couldn't get any guests because of work commitments, right. I could hear every single breath. I'm like, oh, stop it. So I'm just like, I'll get to it. And then I'll be like, Okay, I'm breathing too hard there, breathing too hard there, breathing too hard there, breathing too... And it's just a nice. That's what these wonderful things are for. Obviously, if you're listening, you can't see it, but there's a pop filter, which yes. is like a black screen they put over the microphones to stop the loud noise oh, from no, happening but... or like the, the scratchiness of a breath. Yeah. So it helps a lot. Uh, what this was was more of a... Like that, oh, okay, that kind okay, of sound. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like whoosh, into the microphone. No, no, that, that's not a problem. If it was, I would have... Just quit. Over. Just quit after would, ten episodes. I would have quit after eleven just to prove a point that I, that I've made ten. I'm good. I've done one more. Fuck you. I'm out. Fuck. I don't off. know how to operate a microphone. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to edit. I can't even stand myself. Why are you listening? I'm done. So um, I, I wanted to bring you on because me and you are big boxing slash MMA fans. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that display on Saturday? The Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz. I did not, and I'm very happy that I did not because reading on Twitter, I actually forgot it was happening. I knew of it just because I had a vested interest, and I managed to. I didn't buy it. I would refuse to buy it, and it was disgusting. What What did they charge for that? Uh, if you would have bought it, started off at forty dollars. That's not too bad for an MMA. No, movie. it started off at sixty. Uh, uh, the main price was sixty nine ninety nine. Then two weeks later, it was forty ninety nine, and then I saw it like fifteen or ten dollars. Good lord! Yeah, from all accounts, it was not just the fight, but the pay per view itself, the production, yeah, the fights, the even like the looks of the fighters. They everybody came in out of shape and just didn't yeah. care. Were there for a payday? Yeah, even uh, if you remember the old WWE uh, announcer Todd Grisham. Mm. He was actually the announcer for it, which right. was surprising because I thought he'd sign with UFC. I had watched him do glory kickboxing from New York about two weeks ago, and I enjoyed his commentary because he sounded different. He sounded uh, he sounded very like he didn't invested. Not, he sounded invested, but he didn't go over anybody's head, which is what I liked. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because he didn't have Vince in his ear <laughs> screaming. Yeah, you know, probably, yeah. get it over. So I watched it, and it was like watching my dad. My dad's too old to whoop my ass anymore, but he's trying. And then I'm just going to punch him in the face and knock him over. That was Chuck Liddell's performance. You know he's a badass, but he's so up there in years, he can't do it anymore. He looked and, very leathery. Oh, 
Like his skin just looked, he like, looked old. Uh, you know his stance? Uh-huh. He did that, but he, he was like walking like a crap. Is that injury or is that just like... I think that's just, just over time. I don't give over a shit ta- anymore. Over time. Yeah. It was pretty sad. Okay, here's one for you. Uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. I'm going for Tyson. Just Me too, actually. Yeah. He, I, I love his whole persona. I love the way he is. I like... I listened to his episode of Joe Rogan, and it was fantastic. But at the same time, like, I don't have the same stance with him as far as views on, like, homosexuality and stuff. Yeah. He's a bit abrasive that way. Yeah. But I do think that even though Deontay Wilder is, what, 28 and now with 27 yeah. knockouts or something, I think Tyson Fury is going to take him down. Yeah, because uh, from what I've seen of uh, Deontay Wilder, he's very one note. Mm-hmm. As Tyson Fury has mentioned, he's just two punches. Yeah. Whereas Fury is more of a rounded boxer. Like, he's scared people because, like, he moves, like, a lightweight. Yeah, he's very, very fast. Yes. Considering how big and, like... He's giant. He's a big man. And considering what he's gone through, because two years ago he was retired and he was giant. He was, like... He said he was 400 pounds. Yeah. And And it... That's insane. But a guy, his, like, just his physical stature, like his, like, the broadness of his shoulders Mm -hmm. and, you know, 400 pounds probably wasn't that huge on him. Yeah. But at the same time, like, man... Yes. He's such a big dude. Yeah. And, and, like, I appreciate him because he's not chiseled. No. <laughs> he's kind of a frumpy-looking guy. Has, he has that dad bod on him. He does. And I'm looking forward to that because eventually I do want to see Fury versus Joshua. I think that'd be good. I think, and if they put that in England, that will sell out Wembley Arena. You know what? I Is it because you're English? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No bones about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Lennox good. Lewis was English. He wasn't Canadian. That's he was true. Engli- he was English. Lennox Lewis is my favorite boxer of all time. Same here. Yeah. Same here. I love Lennox Lewis. And people are like, oh, he's Canadian. Shut the fuck up. He's English. That's the English mentality. You could be Scottish or Irish or whatever. If you have a, a sliver of English with you, you're one of us now. <laughs> come on. Come on over. As soon as you lose, get the fuck out. I, t- I did my Ancestry DNA and uh, I was like 21% uh, English mm. or British. I think the way they differ it now, because they've upped their science on the ancestry DNA things, yeah. that they've managed to take Irish and Scottish and English and separate them, yes. whereas before it was just British, vaguely north, north uh, Western European. Yeah, but now uh, it's uh, it's kind of separated a little. By bit. my ancestry is uh, Irish, Welsh, and British, uh, or English side. Yeah, shit, yeah. I, I'm doing it. I've been here for fucking too long. I gotta, I gotta go home. I gotta go home. You're going home in a couple of weeks. Man. I am going home. I'm, so, I'm looking so forward to it. It's why I'm getting all these episodes out now. So back on the boxing talk, I will I will drop this on you. My second favorite fighter of all time is Nassim Hamed. Yes, which is uh, another great English fighter. I actually have a funny story. My dad was a sucker. Nassim yeah in the way that he would only buy his pay-per-views to watch him lose he was one of those people that got so riled up going, I just want to watch him lose as soon as he lost to Barrera yeah he didn't watch another pay-per-view after that that's what I was gonna say. didn't he, he I don't think he fought after that did he uh he, I think he had one more but then that was it I think he had one more fight after that but he was like so slow and so sluggish. Yeah he was done yeah he was, he was mentally broken he was 27 27 yeah. and 0 Yes. And then he lost to Pereira, and then he might have fought one more, like you said. But I remember watching him. I remember watching on TSN. It was like two weeks after, because the fights in the 90s, they would show them about probably about two or three weeks after the fight actually happened yeah. on TSN. And uh, it was the fight at Madison Square Garden against Kevin Kelly, where he... Uh, that fight was amazing. Where he, he took like eight minutes to get to the ring and just danced behind a curtain. <laughs> that was probably my favorite could, fight you, of all you time. You could tell he was, he was like, I want to be Apollo Creed. Yeah, he wanted I actually, to... I actually just watched Creed 2 oh, on Sunday. It. I haven't watched it it, it it is really good. It really livens up. The whole Drago aspect to that movie, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's really good the commercial where they're just they were rocky and drago stare at each other it's like okay. such a throwback i don't i don't want to spoil it for you but okay. there's, there's something about that that will ruin it for you okay well don't tell me yeah i won't tell you <laughs> I, i'll wait till you message me yeah but yes nasim actually fought again okay Anuel calvo and no he actually idea. won a belt no idea yeah it was one year after so he had a long over, but I think like his hand was continually breaking during training, uh-huh. and he put it off so much. And I think once he lost, his heart just went. Yeah, and like I saw him pictures of him like five, six years after oh, he lost, and he, was, ooh, yeah. he looked like me. Mm. <laughs> 
He was he, not in great shape. He really ballooned up. That, that's a lot of boxers. They, they don't really do anything. Like Ricky Hatton? Ricky Fatton? Rick, oh, jeez. Yeah. M- Manny Pacquiao took his soul. Oh, God. Yeah. That, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather both. Yeah. Yeah, but especially Manny Pacquiao. When I first came to Canada, it was during that fight, and I was working at a Tim Hortons, like my first job in Canada, and I was surrounded by Filipinos. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, you're English. What do you think to Ricky Hatton? I went, I'm hoping that he wins. <laughs> it happened the next day. They're like, so what happened to Ricky Hatton? I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly got fired that day. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I don't imagine, so especially if your first job in Canada, and it's like, yeah. you know, test your national pride, I guess, when yeah, you yeah. first get here. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of still have that pride, but oh, I lost it that day. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so we watched a movie. I don't know if you want to call it a movie, but it was a movie. Pad in the movie. <laughs> and it is 2002's Undisputed. And so let's get into it after the break. And we are back. And we are back for Undisputed. We are back with vigor and with energy about this yes. motion picture. <laughs> yes. We're going to pad this as much as this movie pads itself. Yeah. We're going to try and do the best we can with what we're working with yes. here. But Undisputed is a 2002 American drama sports film, according to Wikipedia, written, produced, and directed by Walter Hill. Okay. Before we go on any further, Walter Hill is a very accomplished director. He's got some real good stuff yes. under his belt. And he, this movie had every chance with him at the helm to be good. Yes. You know? Yes. Plus, Wesley, it stars Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames, two action icons to just... I can't even describe like how intimidating Ving, Ving Rhames can be as, oh. just as a human being. Plus, Wesley Snipes, who's uh, Willie Mays Hayes from the Major League film. So, it, like, yeah. it has every chance to be good. It also has a lot of uh, character actors as well. Yeah. Uh, you got like Michael Rooker, you've got the guy from Sons of Anarchy. Columbo's in it. Columbo. Yeah, Peter Falk yeah. is yeah. in it. Peter Falk is such a tremendous actor. I don't think people really understand how good he is just because they think he's Columbo I, right away. I, I Every note I wrote, wrote about him, it was just Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> it was just Columbo did this, Columbo did this. He's like a friendly grandpa, except, you know, he's like a hardened criminal at the same time. But in time. this, though, there's one scene where he's just screaming the F word every second. And I, I'm, my heart is breaking as it happens. Because I'm like, Columbo, <laughs> you're not like this. Stop. Yeah, stop it. You're stop. ruining my childhood. Stop, Columbo. <laughs> go, so, go solve some crimes, please. His name is uh, Ripstein in the film, which makes me think he's probably Jewish. I think he's probably Jewish in real well, life. He's a mobster, though. Yeah. but his And it was clearly, it was like Italian mobsters. Yeah, but his name is Ripstein. Though. I know, I know. I don't understand. Unless, See what I mean? Unless he's the accountant or something. He could be, yeah. Uh, or else he could be like uh, the token Jewish guy. It could, it could be. Because you you got to have the, everyone like that. Yeah, you got to. Now, like in the 2000s, everybody's got to diversify and, you know, you got to cover all your bases. Oh, yeah. But this is 16 years ago, so. They, they learn from Al Capone, so. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the movie opens, and as it opens, it's very... Have you ever seen the HBO series Oz? Yeah, where I remember sh- Oz. Where it shows what they've done and stuff like that. Every time I watch a prison show, I always... Like, a movie or something like that, I always compare it to Oz, because that's, like, my my bar. Is it like Oz? It pretty much is. Yeah. Anything prison-like, I'm always like, yeah, this is like Oz. What's the new Oz? What's that, the the girl in Orange is oh, the New Black? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think of when I think of Oz and... I compare them all the time. When people tell me to watch Orange is the New Black, I went, I watched Oz, I don't need to. Yeah, this is just female. This is like the female Ghostbusters of Oz. Exactly. It's like I've seen it already. Yeah. There's even an Australian Oz as well before it. I can't remember its name, but a lot of people say it's really good. Do you remember, I'll dip into the English handbag again, Football Factories? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. You watch the movie, and then you watch the TV series. Yes. And it's like... I've seen all this, but I've seen a fictional, now a real non-fiction version of it. Yes. So it's kind of like that. It's like Oz and Undisputed. Oz, I would picture as like the more non-fiction, the more realistic yes. like view of prison and yes. Undisputed. Well. <laughs> Not really. Especially with this boxing system that they have in place. What the fuck? Because you, you have a ring announcer. You actually have a commentator. You even have ring entrances with live performances. When, when all the like convicts came out and just started rapping i'm like the fuck is going is this was, the, re- the was, reason why do you know why the reason why is there's, there's rapping in there why is because master p c murder and oh, i wrote the other guy's name down <laughs> uh silk the shocker yeah. they were true they were the the real untouchables they were actual rap group okay. master p is 
a rapper, WCW fame, I, No I, Limit Soldiers. Yes. And then C-Murder was his brother, but C-Murder actually got thrown in jail for murder. Okay. Uh, is doing a life sentence right now as we speak, but is current, they're trying to get him a new trial because the, apparently – we're going on. We're digressing <laughs> here. But C-Murder's murder trial, the people who said that he did what he did were bribed by the cops, and they just found this out oh, in wow. the last like, year or so. Oh, wow. So they're trying to get him a new trial. But that's the tie-in to the rap thing. Yeah, but speaking of uh, rap, what the fuck was that national anthem later on in the movie? I'm going f- way towards <laughs> the end. But that inmate U.S. national anthem, if you remember, they're like, mm. basically talking about, like, we will be free – and just like, adding stuff about Joe in like the U.S. national anthem. Oh, that wouldn't fly today. No, no, it wouldn't be. No, no, it was. I'm like, holy fuck! It's uh, like we've stated a few times. It's an interesting movie. Yes, it is. And the one thing that I'll say this off the top: the one thing I really don't like about it, and I never ever harp on things like this, is the way it's shot. Yes, it's very weird. The lighting is very weird. Everything looks like it's lit from the top, like they're in like what's it called when they're sitting in like one one on one like this, and there's like the light bulb over. Okay, yeah, like a police interrogation. Yes, like they're being everybody's being interrogated. The lighting is very weird, and it's shot like a soap opera where everything at the foreground is clear, and everything in the background is like distant and far, and it's really yeah. strange. And I don't like the look of it. It's very. I think they were trying to do that so that it's all more enclosed, especially with prison. That's probably the aesthetic they went for. Yeah. Um, speaking of aesthetic, I really like the initial aesthetic of it with the whole boxing element. Because when you see Iceman played by Ving Rhymes, mm. all of his fights look very realistic. It looks like something you'll see on HBO. The actual the footage, yeah. Yeah, the actual footage of him fighting. It actually looks like something you'll watch on, on TV. Yeah, and like the. I don't know if you if you read into the movie at all, but um, to get ready for the movie, they had Emmanuel Stewart train them. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was the trainer of Lennox Lewis and the trainer of uh, Tommy Hearns. So, mm. And Kronk Boxing out of Detroit is one of like, the biggest gyms in the world at the Tommy time. Tommy Hitman Hearns is a very good fighter. And Exactly. So when they had Stewart come in and, and do the actual <clears throat> movies, they tried to make it as legitimate as possible. Yes. And Stewart was the guy to do it. Yeah. Also, whenever you see Peter Falk's character do stuff... He's always bringing up boxing, and it always flashes to, like, royalty-free videos of fighters. <laughs> you notice that? It was like, oh, he's just like Jack Dempsey, and it'll flash to, like, Jack Dempsey. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, like B-roll of all the old it, it was, fighters, yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't, like, any, like, fight footage or stuff like that. It was just constantly, like, old footage that they probably found that didn't cost a penny. Like, old pictures, I remember, like, Corbis? Yes. Cor- yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Terrible. Was- and then, okay... So we we get introduced to Wesley Snipes' character. I forgot his name. Monroe Hutchins. M- Monroe Hutchins. And then we we introduced to his opponent for the night. And it's funny because you just see him standing there, and then just rape just pops up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is his name is his name rape? Because it's very slow popping in with the rest of the stuff. So it's just rape, and then it's like a good five seconds. Then everything else comes in. So I'm thinking. Is his name Rape? Is that just his name? You know, <laughs> like a rap name or like his his yard name? Yeah, like his name on the yard is Rape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, what's your name? Rape. What are you in for? Just looks at them, <laughs> smuggling cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm here. Tax evasion. <laughs> Blue collar crimes. Yeah, that's why I'm here. My that, name's Rape, though. It, it's to scare people away. <laughs> we get Wesley Snipes, and he's very stoic, very calm, collected. Uh, and I wonder if in Wesley Snipes' contracts, because I see this in a lot of his movies, does he have to meditate? Yeah. Because he does it in Blade. He does it in a ton of other movies. I think Wesley Snipes is like, I need to meditate. I need to show myself off. Then I'm calm and collected. But you're a guy with anger management problems. I still need to meditate. <laughs> is that? I think that's a real like aspect in his life, though. Yes. That he's yes. actually like a. Is he a Buddhist or is he I just? I think he's like like him and Richard Gere hang out at Christmas. Yeah. So he's so Wesley Snipes' character is like the prison champion. Mm-hmm. He's he was a former prospect in the heavyweight, but then he murdered a man for sleeping with his wife, which he catches, which is followed with a rap song, which explains what's going on. You see him standing there, and all you hear is murder, and then. I broke into the door and beat the shit out of the guy. Is him? Is that him actually rapping? It wasn't him rapping, but I'm thinking when they was doing the soundtrack, they just handed the script to the to like musicians and says, "See the section? We need a song for this." And they just kind of like copied it word for word. Yeah. Into a rap. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Because a, lo- a lot of the music in this movie is, like, situational. Oh, I'm going for a run. Oh, I'm in jail. That's oh, Master P. It's a lot of that. There was, like, a there's like a real hip-hop aspect to the movie, but yes. at the same time, it's done by, like, Walter Hill, who just, to me, sounds like an old man. Yes. So it was like, this is what an old man would think rap would be. Mm. I'm going to rap about my day and <laughs> yeah, yeah. rap about what I'm doing. You kids just rap about what's going on. <laughs> There's no social messages in any of Just this. Just do it. That's exa- I think that's exactly what had happened. And you refers to it as do a rap. He doesn't say just <laughs> just rap this for me, please. Do a, a rap. Yeah, do a rap. That, that's that's my favorite term when it comes to rap. <laughs> do a. He's gonna do a rap. Is it, if you asked if you asked your dad about like rap, like your own personal dad, oh, would, yeah. you, would he say that? Oh, he would do it. Yeah. Oh, there's a rap to this. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Because my dad's. Does enjoy rap as well. My okay. My dad enjoys all music, but he, my dad doesn't. My dad's fifty in his fifties, so he he will call it a rap. Yeah, I think my dad just listens to like ACDC. That's probably his, uh, the limit that, of that's his. That's why he, he only listens uh, to one thing. Yeah. Either you listen to ACDC or you listen to everything else. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my dad in a nutshell. But my dad would. Uh, really enjoy the rap, he would think this is really good. Yes. He'd be like, this is fantastic. I can see why people like this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he's in there, and then Iceman is put in prison. And pretty much Iceman, played by Ving Rhymes, 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 I think. is, he's Mike Tyson. Yeah. He, like, even down to the rape charge. Yeah, even, like, when they when they wrote the film, they said, we need, like, it's baffling that nobody has jumped in on, like, the the prison guy going to jail for rape and yeah. we need to talk about it so that's what they did yeah. and I'm, it's like very well noted in the writing of it. i'm surprised Walter hill didn't walk up to ving rhymes and go here's some helium we need you to get into character <laughs> and he slapped it can you imagine ving rhymes trying to do like a high-pitched voice no i can't it, it would be hilarious the one thing that really another th- it didn't bother me it just seemed kind of off is that ving rhymes looked more like a criminal and acted more like a criminal than yeah. wesley snipes he did and it was, I know, like you talk about he's meditating and then Ring Rames comes in. And he's like this big thugged out boxer. Just, yeah. But here's the thing. He's on top of the world. He's a conqueror. He's undefeated. He's a world champion. Yeah. I've read Mike Tyson's book and the mentality that he puts put himself into, he believed his own hype. Oh, yeah, for sure. I read that book too. So more than likely, he probably tapped into, he's tapped into that because he knows if, you know, when it comes to prison... If they try and, like, step to him, he's got to, like, back it up. Yeah, he's got to be the heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think he had to, because apparently Mike Tyson had a couple of fights in prison. That You know what? When I know that Mike Tyson is in prison, the last fucking thing I'm going to do is fight Mike Tyson in prison. Because Mike Tyson, with just his hands, yes. is a killer. You've seen what he did to Mitch Green. Yeah, exactly. Yes. When he punched Mitch Green into the air yeah. and landed on the street, that was my over... favorite. That was my favorite part of the book. Just the misadventures of Mitch Green. Yeah, Mitch like, Blood Green. Yeah, where coked out of his tree. Apparently, Mike Tyson hit a tree. Speaking of trees, yeah, yeah. And he was in hospital, and you could just hear a commotion, and then he looked down, and all you could see is this Mitch Green shadow boxing going to whip his ass when he gets out. <laughs> Just didn't give a fuck. Mitch Green is a national treasure in the he United is. States. Oh, he has to be. That, is that, he still alive? I don't know. You should probably Google it. I, I think should, you should Google it. I, I will Google it once we finish talking about yeah. this movie. I think so, I'm going to Google it while we're talking and be real professional. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I, and as that happens, I will get into uh, more aspects. Because like I said, this movie is very padded. They had a, a set goal in mind, which was Wesley Snipes versus Ring Rhymes. Mm. But it is so padded with bullshit that i got bored yeah it was it was just so padded i was like come on hurry up i remember watching this movie when it came out because i did watch it when it came out i bought the dvd like probably right after it came out it was pretty like pretty close to the time it came out anyway but i remember watching it and i was probably like 16 at the time and being so hyped for the movie and then watching it back now and just being like what the is this yeah you know but the the build-up to it like you could see it a mile away. Sometimes yeah. the movies, I like a movie that where I don't like to see the plot yeah. all the way through from the start. Yes, and I didn't like that. I've I think with this because they set the movie up as you got the undefeated prison champion versus the undefeated outside champ. Yeah, and they got to fight, and there wasn't enough substance between them because they put him in solitary confinement. 
it wasn't enough to like garner the time needed yeah and like even if i know that's the premise take me on the ride to make me believe something else is gonna happen exactly and peter folk's character is a magician apparently because he can get a man out of prison he can give like people millions of dollars this man has done some shit outside that he has enough power like he has politicians in his pocket he has all this stuff i wonder if he's based on anybody in real life i wonder he probably is there's probably some kind of boxing tie some like 30s mobster who controlled boxing from the inside his whole character was just there to move the plot forward yeah. There was no, because these guys didn't want anything to do with each other. But then he was like, "I want to see you fight." Like you can see his erection when he when, <laughs> when Iceman came in. He's like, "I want to see him fight." He's the Vince McMahon, I guess. That's yeah, what yeah. we're getting at. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. And it was funny how he, when you first see him meet Iceman, he just shit talks him to try and goad him into fighting with Wesley Snipes. Because he's like, "Hey, you're good." But my guy's better, you know. And then just like leaves immediately. Yeah, and another thing that bothered me about. Columbo, as we <laughs> call him, Columbo, Columbo Peter Falk. I couldn't tell, I'm, like, I could tell, and then I couldn't tell if his false teeth were out, because <laughs> there was times in the movie where I was looking, I was like, he has false teeth, and, like, his false teeth were out, and it yeah. just, I don't know, it just bothered me. There was me. times in this movie, he wasn't Columbo. There was, t- <laughs> there was times in this movie, I thought he was blind, because he was constantly, like, just staring off into... He's sick. got one glass eye, you know that, eh? No, I didn't. In real life, oh, he does. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably why. Yeah, that's probably I'm why. Probably focusing on his glass eye and thinking <laughs> he's just pretending to be blind. That's why you know, like when people say uh, the human brain can follow the whites of people's eyes and yeah. like sense if they're alive and things. Yeah, that's probably why you couldn't sense this glass. You just answered it for me right there. <laughs> oh, a side note: Mitch Blood Green is still alive, and he he fought until 2005. Jesus. So he was still fighting when this movie came out. Yeah, the big fight is set up by Mister Ripstein. Uh, he loves boxing, like like we've said before, and wants to see the two fight. He says it up that, like I mentioned, Iceman gets to fight for freedom. Wesley Snipes is pretty much in jail for life because he murdered a man with his bare hands, which were registered as lethal weapons. Oh, my Be- God. Because he was a boxer, so he kind of has to. Yeah. And so he, he basically says, pay my sister, man, because it'd be good for me. Yeah. So it's set, it set up, and then it gets cancelled. I'm like, for fuck's sake, just <laughs> just fight already. I was actually going to turn it off and just leave. We've we've had 90 minutes of just <laughs> yeah. toddling along. Please let them fight. Please, please. And then it, they also introduce uh, London prize rules, which he wants. It, e, are those real? Are those that a real thing? I haven't looked them up, but I do believe they are. Okay. And that I actually, would make sense. And I actually like the rules. I like the rules too, because it makes me think of like a schoolyard fight, because that's yeah. exactly So what it is, it's either... Like, little padding or bare knuckle. Yeah. And when you knock someone down, that's the end of the round. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool. I actually like that aspect because you kind of know what's going on. You kind of know, oh, he's ahead of him because he's got two knockdowns. But it's the thing is, until someone's knocked out, there's no decisions or anything. It's just straight up till someone's KO'd. That That has to be a winner. That makes me think of when I hear about old fights and, like, the end of the 1800s. And they go, like, 144 rounds and something crazy. Is that... I the th- round? Think I think that's what they did back then. That could be. That yeah. makes total sense. Because 144 three-minute rounds would be an all-day fight, and yeah. nobody would have any energy left. Exactly. Whereas if it was just like he came in, gave a quick shot, and then another. Yeah, and yeah. then he loses his footing, and then the ref's like, okay, that's a round. Yeah. And then that's a round. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I want to get into the uh, ring announcer of the, of the movie. Okay. I love this guy. Who is this guy for real, though? I don't know, uh-huh. but I want to. I want to find out who he is. I'm gonna look at my notes. Okay, here. so he's very biased. He basically <laughs> he basically says, "I've got money on this, but I've got to be neutral. But I still got money on this." And then he's he's talking about how th- this is all about respect. And I had to stop the movie because he spells respect R E S P E K respect. I'm like, yeah. I had to pause the movie. That's a very J House thing. I cried laughing. <laughs> I had to pause it because I couldn't stop I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. I, I, I like I think I lost five minutes of the movie because I was <laughs> crying at this movie. Just because of the I'm like, holy shit. He just keeps coming out with these lines and That's I'm not like, the Queen's English, James. No. It's, uh... <laughs> it's, it's it's not how that's not how you spell it, but I just couldn't I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I, I had to like I was working when I was watching the movie. I had to and my coworker was asking what's going on. I'm like, don't worry. What's so funny? Yeah. And it's yeah. It's respect. 
That's respect. That's respect. what. That's what's so funny. So, There's a whole song about how to spell it. Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> but I think he just missed the end, end of the movie. He missed the end of the song. He's like, I never finished how to learn how to yeah. finish and spelling then, it. And then before that, we get a whole scene where Ving Rhymes has pretty much alienated himself from everyone in prison. Mm. They, they hate him and mm. want Monroe to win. And they're banging and there's a near riot. And the one guy that wants him to win is the Aryan guy. He's like the voice of everyone. He's like wanting him to beat your ass. You'll think you just want him to both kill each other. Yeah. But he's actually like, we want you to win. He's even offering to like drug Ving Rhymes' food. And I'm like, Ving Rhymes is such an asshole. He's united people. Yeah. Against him. That's a special talent. That's a special talent that you're such a fucking dick. <laughs> that you've united the world. Against against everyone, yeah. And I wonder. That's a Donald Trump effect. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I that's... wonder if he's like, I want to reunite the world. Yeah. So I'm gonna say a bunch of shit and get everyone together. That's interesting. That's and, an interesting and then take. he's like, oh fuck, people are following me. Yeah. What do they like? Okay, fuck them. What do they like? Russia, best friends. Before we do your album, yeah. Before we digress again, yeah, yeah. We've just been going over the top. But this is how the movie is. This is the movie, essentially. This is You're the... listening to an audio version of the movie. Yeah, because it's just all over the place and padded to, like a motherfucker. Yeah, and it had every chance to be good. <laughs> it did. had a great cast. Okay, so we lost a bit. <laughs> I figure I may as well put it through. But uh, So let's let's talk about the final fight. Right. Not very fun. Terrible. 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 The I don't know if we covered this already, but actual fight itself. Did we talk about how clean they were? Yes. Okay, we already talked about how clean we We'll mention again that yeah. there wasn't any blood, any gold. There was nothing. It was dramatic, but it wasn't urgent. No. When I watch a boxing fight and I see, especially with something on the line, I want it to feel urgent. Like the Rocky movies, they feel urgent. Yeah. Like Rocky Two when they're fighting and they both get knocked down. Yeah. That's urgent. There was nothing in this fight that made me feel like they were fighting. And even though these t- two guys would get what they want, they still had pride. So you would think they would put everything on the line for them to show off that they're the best. Yeah. Because even though he's get- Iceman's getting free and what Wesley Snipes' family's going to be okay, they still have pride. Because they're still undefeated champion. Yeah, the world heavyweight champion and the prison champion. Yes. The the end fight itself. I think it's disappointing because it was built up. It, it was, was really built up. Yeah, it was really built. This is like the fight to end all fight. Then it happens and there's no scene in the movie that really brings it in. Like we mentioned, there's no heat. Yes. There's no heat in there. No. There's nothing in there that makes me, like I mentioned, like it feels urgent or makes me feel like a real legitimate fight. Yes. The the way that they shot it, okay, I, I, I read this because I was I did a lot of reading on this film. Yeah. The way that they shot it is because uh, Ving Rhames came in at such a big size and Wesley Snipes was only 170-ish pounds at the time, That's which true. is which is a light heavyweight in real boxing. Yeah, they actually mentioned it in the movie because like... Wesley Snipes is weighing in at 190 and Ving Rhymes in this is at 250. So the way they had to shoot it was that Ving Rhymes had to crouch yes. and Wesley Snipes had to stand and be big. Yeah. So it could kind of give the image of like an actual close contest. Yeah. I would inside. like to have seen a prison weigh-in <laughs> because they, they have to know the weight somehow. And I, I would love to have seen a prison weigh-in. I feel like they would use, like, the meat hook in the kitchen. Yes. And, like, Wesley Snipes would just hang on to it <laughs> just to yeah. see how much he weighs. And Ving Rhames would have to do the same thing. Yeah. Or, That's what it makes me Or the good. prison weighing is done in the showers. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, a group of guys, like, pick them up and just, like, estimate how heavy yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah, 250 is yeah. 250. He's 250-ish. Yeah. There's six of us. We're all carrying 30 pounds each. <laughs> they, they pick up Wesley Snipes. 200. I mean, 190. <laughs> Give or take. Sorry. Sorry, you're stepping on my foot. <laughs> I could no, I can really imagine the even just like the like we talked about earlier. Ving Rhames seemed like the hardened criminal, and yes. Wesley Snipes seemed like the flashy athlete. Yes, which is it's like I get the premise of the, it should have uh, switched over. Yeah, and like just the fight itself, like I felt that Ving Rhames should have been like the the Apollo Creed, like the dancer, the I'm the heavyweight champion yeah, of the world. It, it should have flipped. Yeah, it just, let, they lost me in the last fight. And I, yeah. like, you can see them fight during the movie, yeah. but it's just something about the last one. It's just, it, it, eh. it didn't live up to the hype. And then when the movie then ends, it ends with exposition because you, you, you explain that 
he defaults Carter died three three weeks later. And they gave away a bunch of money. Yeah. And, and it was like it was a happy ending to a movie that didn't need a happy ending. No. They kind of like wrapped it up and gave you a little pat on the head. Yeah. When it could have just been like, oh, they fought and it's over. And yeah. that's what happened. It, it Ving Rhymes' character gets the happiest ending because he's free and he gets his belt back. Wesley Snipes is still in prison and he's just got people constantly yelling in his name. Yeah. He's meditating, though, so I'm sure he's... <laughs> no, he's building his matchstick house. Yeah. I think that's another part of his script. It's like, I like to build matchstick houses now. That's but, contract. Yeah. That's a contract thing for sure. Because apparently he does have issues with his contracts. Like, in the third Blade movie, he wrote it in his script... I refuse to let anyone look me in the face. Weird. Yeah. Is that because of his character? Because I, of the Blade character? I think it was a little bit of... A little if, bit of Wesley, a little bit of Blade? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he would uh, write notes to the director that he was having a problem with, and it would be from Blade. He'd write, yeah, that's he, a little weird. He'll be right, I'll be in my trailer, from Blade. Triple that, H is in that one, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Reynolds. Apparently they were having so much problems that they had to get in a stunt double for, for Wesley Snipes. For Blade. You yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, for Blade. Sorry, Mr. Snipes. Yeah. Uh, it would have been funny if they were like, let's get Michael Jar White. Do you think Wesley Snipes was an actual fighter when he was actually in prison? <laughs> that would have been that would have been funny I, I don't think anyone would have tested him uh yeah but like in real life he's got like some kind of martial arts background yes, i think yes he does apparently he was actually gonna fight joe rogan yeah i remember that yeah joe rogan brought it up that apparently they was gonna do ufc was kind of waning so they wanted like a publicity event to kind of bring people in like when james tony fought yes yeah oh, that was a horrible fight. That was so bad yeah it was funny though it was funny because it was funny just because he was like bad mouthing the entire time and it was nice to see someone get to come up come yeah up and like at the same time it was like dana white who's an old boxing promoter yes. was probably like shut him up just yeah. put him in there and shut him up yeah exactly but then at the same time when the connor went to the boxing thing yeah, it was yeah. the flip-flop yeah and that and that whole rising thing that's happening right now yeah the little japanese guy yeah that, that guy's a killer though yeah I, yeah like, i've seen his highlights and he's just oof. so apparently Again, digressing from the actual movie. Because fuck this movie. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather uh, fights on a regular basis in like private exhibitions oh. for lots of money. Oh, yeah. He's, he disclosed that on his Instagram. He's like, I do uh, nine-minute fights. Like I do three three-minute rounds in private exhibitions for a, like an exorbitant amount of money. Wow. And that's what he thought this was. Yeah. And then... They, they were like, oh, surprise. Yeah. You know, surprise, it's going to be on uh, yeah. pay-per-view. And apparently he said no when he came back. And I okay. knew that was going to happen. I said, as soon as... It, this happened with Bob Sapp and Mike Tyson. I don't know if oh, you remember this. I remember that. I yeah. remember. I remember watching... Was it uh, Was it Hustle or was it K1? Uh, K1. Yes. It was K1 and they did it in Vegas and they set it up and then they were going to fight in Japan. But Mike Tyson couldn't go because he was a convicted felon. Yeah. So I, when Floyd Mayweather got back, I knew they were going to pull it. And now it's back on. Yes. So it's very Japanese. It, yeah, it's very... Because they get you there and they're like, surprise. Yeah. So yeah. the Wesley Snipes thing with Joe Rogan wouldn't have surprised me if no. they had done it. And It's way past it now, though. Yeah. yeah. They're both old as fuck. Yeah, and yeah. Joe Rogan's a serious killer in real life, I'm yeah. sure. I, I, like, you've seen like his kick demonstrations and stuff yeah. like that. That's Even nuts. like uh, George St. Pierre, I remember him talking. He's like, Joe Rogan throws some of the hardest kicks I've ever I, I seen in my Joe life. I think Joe Rogan was showing him a certain kick. Yeah, I, like, re I remember that video. Because GSP's a karate guy and Joe Rogan's a taekwondo guy. Yes. So just the style of kicking and stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you. Exactly. But I would like to see Joe Rogan fight uh, Wesley Snipes' character. from. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. But yeah, so speaking of which, so they do a second movie. Yeah. And he goes back to prison. Which is very stupid. Yes. Of uh, Ving Rhames. But it's not Ving Rhames. Yeah, it's Iceman. Yeah. And so what happens is, speaking of exhibitions, he actually does that in Russia, in the movie, mm. in the second one. Okay. And what happens is, he, they find, I think they planted drugs in his bag. Yeah, some of the booger sugar. Yes. I'm and sure. so they, because they want to put him into prison for some reason, um, to, to like have them fight in one of their tournaments and get like lots of underground people to watch. That would make a lot of sense. And so, but it's a shame though, because he fought for his freedom and now he has to deal with it again. Right. So, Do you, does he fight for his freedom in the second one? I can't remember. All I remember is that the villain is badass. Boyka. He's um, played by an English actor playing a Russian actor. He doesn't speak much. 
but he's like a badass. Uh, Scott Atkins. He's yeah, a, Scott Atkins. He was in the first Expendables movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. A, he's a really good actor. So uh, let's finish the movie. <laughs> you yeah, let's finish I, the I, damn I, movie. I, I think I said <laughs> let's finish the movie five times. That's all right. I think I started this show with let's finish the movie. Yeah, I think we have. I think it's yeah. been an ongoing thing. It's like let's just finish this yeah. movie. We, uh, we've lost a little bit of this, so the recording. But yeah. that's okay. But that's, that's okay a, because yeah. we've uh, still gone on tangents about it's, everything else. It's better than the movie. Exactly the <laughs> the tangents we went on, you know that got lost and that we managed to record are better than this movie because this yeah. movie is a disappointment. It builds up to something and it never comes. And you know what the the worst part about the build up was is that they're counting down the days until the fight, and it, it makes it even worse. Yeah, it's like twenty four yeah. days to the fight. And yeah. it's like oh my god. I was really? expecting it when they when they canceled the fight, you would see like bright red canceled, <laughs> <laughs> like UFC style. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but there's a child crying in the hallway, and I'm pretty sure they just watch Undisputed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. They, they should watch Undisputed too. So yeah. yeah, so don't watch the movie. Don't watch do Undisputed too. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you to watch. I'm gonna watch Undisputed too, yes. just to kind of redeem myself. Yes. Have, yeah, I having... really hope you don't come back. And go. That was worse. No, I don't think I will because yeah. you've kind of made it sound a little bit better. Yeah, it's a it's a lot more grounded. There's a lot more violence to it. Yeah, yeah, it has that Russian flair to it. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah, because as a fan of the, like Rocky Four, yeah, that, that whole Russian thing, it kind of adds a sense of oh fuck. Yeah, and it like the idea of Sylvester Stallone like bench pressing an ox cart makes me want to watch it just because in the same vein. I hope. Yeah, they that that whole Oscars. scene with the uh, Russian national anthem uh, playing, uh, and as Drago staring at Stallone, yeah, like that is one of my favorite scenes of all time. Yeah, just because it's just so intense. They shot that in Vancouver. Of course they did. Yeah, and my uh, my old roommate's cousin was an extra in that scene. Oh wow! Yeah, they shot at the Peony in Vancouver. Oh, killed any kind of uh, mystique. <laughs> yeah, just destroyed it for me. Just a bunch of Canadians. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks for uh, coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, man. Of course, you, you've ruined my life. So. <laughs> You can fuck off now. Plug your show and get out. <laughs> I'm just gonna, you're not even going to put your shoes on. I'm just going to throw them at you. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, I can't think it's an equal payback for making me watch this movie. Uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> even though I gave you a list and this is what you chose. I did choose it because I've watched it and I was like, you know what? I, I, I liked that back in the day. I can talk about that. And then you and realize then I, you're a fucking moron. Yeah, I was like, this is the stupidest fucking decision I've made in a long time. Oh. And it's disappointing because it's always the ones that show promise that disappoint you the yeah, most. Yeah, yeah, because I remember watching it and just being like, this is kind of cool. Like yeah. I mentioned earlier, I was like, I, was like, I, I kind of enjoy this. Yes. I kind of like it. And then I watch it back and it's like, oh, oh, oh God, what, what am I doing? Yeah, it's like watching old wrestling. You're like, that was kind of neat. Like I remember enjoying Batman and Robin when I was younger. Uh, I didn't watch that one. And then I rewatched it for the, for this podcast, and I got mad. Yeah, it's the one with Mr. Freeze, right? Yes. That's the one I've never seen. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Unless you're really in a silly mood. Yeah. And you're with silly, light-minded people. Poison Ivy in that one, too? Yes. Okay, yeah. And Bane. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, wrestler Jeep Swanson. Is Bane? Yes. Okay, dang. Yeah, a- a.k.a. The Final Solution. Who then became the ultimate solution because of like, oh shit, that's kind of bit Nazified right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little touchy. Oh, it is. Yeah, it this is. this undisputed movie was and then the it, ultimate solution. Yeah, and then is uh, I remember his tag partner being Zeus Tiny Lister. Going back to our last episode. Yeah, the No Holds Barred episode yeah. that we did. Yeah, he was Z Gangster. Yeah, so. he still had the Z on his head though, didn't he? And he had like oh. an orange jumpsuit and. Because that was uh, WCW. Yeah. Take, take shit, but different name. Yeah, just repackage it. Yeah. Speaking of, I interviewed uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake on my show like a week ago, and I really wanted to ask him about WCW, and then I just didn't. Oh. He was such a terrible interview. You should have just kept saying yes. Ugh. Yes. No. No. Yeah. Oh. That's essentially how the interview went. He blew off a question that I asked him. Really? What? Yeah, I asked him because I'm, I'm interviewing him for radio for people who not everybody knows who he is. Yes. So I'm trying to remind people, like, he was with Hulk Hogan and did this and did that. Yeah. And I said, uh, Brutus, you've had a, a long career. I said, it's one of the uh, memories you cherish most. And he blew it off by telling me, I've had a 40-year career. If I've had one moment, I've had a pretty sad career. Oh, and then I proceeded to end the interview pretty it, shortly after that. that. You should have put, like, you know, WrestleMania's 
nine when Hulk Hogan teamed up with me. That would yeah, that would have got got it right there and he, then. He kind of copped out and he's like, "Oh, the pay per views were great. All the pay per views <sighs> I did were great." Yeah, it's like, man, come on. Yeah, appar- apparently did some problems. Jesus. Not a nice man. Yeah. I've met him a few times. He's a dink. I-, I met him once and didn't really have much to say to him. No, he's a jerk. Yeah. Fuck you, Brutus, if you're listening. But who's not a jerk is Jimmy Hart. I got a funny story about Jimmy Hart. Nicest guy. He came to Winnipeg when? It was like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Doing a tour for uh, PCW. So I went to Florida this summer. Yes. Um, Took my son to Disney World. And one of the nights we stayed at Universal Studios. Okay. So Universal Studios is kind of in the heart of... Orlando, yes. I guess. And what's close to Universal Studios is Hogan's Beach Shop. Oh. It's, it's like five minutes away. That's still open? Yeah, it's oh. still open. And uh, I went in there. It's got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool shirts, a lot of uh, his old memorabilia, some old belts, posters signed. Uh, apparently, he goes in once every few months and does a signing. Okay. But the night we were there, we were there on a Friday evening. Yes. And Saturday morning, the guy's like, Jimmy Hart's going to be here 9 till 3 tomorrow. He's just going to hang out in the store and talk to people who want to come in. Yeah. And so we went back to the hotel, slept, got up early, and the store opened right at 9. And yeah. we got up at 8.30, and my mom wanted to be on the road because we went to Tampa the next day. Yeah. So my mom's like, okay, if we can get up at whatever time. So I, me and my mom took my son. So um, we got up at 8.30, and we just rushed out of the hotel, yeah. and we took off. And my son was trying to go to sleep in the back. And <laughs> my my son's a wrestling fan, so we go there, and uh, my mom goes inside, and she said, Jimmy Hart's inside. And he's like, I don't want to go. I'm not in the mood. I'm tired. So he's laying in the back of the car, and then all of a sudden, hear a knock, and it's Jimmy Hart looking inside the car window at my son, and my son starts crying. And I say, you probably should say something because Jimmy Hart is knocking at your car window and he is not having it at all. He's looking at me and the windows are up and I said, buddy, please open the car. And he's just crying. He's like, I don't want to talk to Jimmy Hart. And then <laughs> my mom opens the door and Jimmy Hart's standing there. He's like, come on, baby, let's take a picture. Uh, my Jimmy Hart is awful, but he said, like, come it, on, baby, let's take a picture. <laughs> my son's like, I don't want to take a picture. And he's like, come on, baby, like the dentist, it'll be real fast. <laughs> then, it sounds, sounds like Mickey Mouse yelling at each other. That's how Jimmy Hart sounds. It moment. does. He it sounds does. like Mickey Mouse. But anyways, he's uh, he's standing outside the car and wants to take a picture. My son doesn't want to. He's crying. He lays back down and Jimmy Hart apologizes and goes yeah. inside. That's because Jimmy Hart is a sweetheart. He's very sweet and Hulk Hogan is not. Yes. Hulk Hogan does. And Brutus Beefcake. And Brutus Beefcake has had a 40-year career and would be sad if he had one moment yeah. in his career where yeah. it wasn't very good. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck's sake. Yeah, he was... Uh, a 40-year career and about 40 gimmicks. Yeah. Yeah. One gimmick a year, I guess. Dizzy Hogan. I, I, called, him, <laughs> I called him Dizzy Did in the you? preamble. Yeah. On oh. air. Because I had pre-recorded it. So uh, I recorded it, let, let's say, like 2 o'clock, and I aired it during the 3 o'clock hour. And he had pissed me off so much in the interview that I buried him in the preamble. You know, you, you know what you should have done. You should have said, "Are you the Zodiac?" Oh God! <laughs> just like asking him, like just yeah. silly questions. Just I wanted to, and people were texting me because the people who had set it up, like Danny Duggan, yeah. had set it up, and I. Some of my friends knew. I was like, "I'm going to interview Brutus if you want to listen." And then he was like, "Ask him about this. Ask him about that. Ask him about the time the anthrax thing in Boston." You ever heard that story? No. Okay, so apparently. British Beefcake was working uh, as a ticket taker on the subway in Boston in like 2004. And he had left his booth to go to the bathroom. And he apparently forgot some various white powder underneath his till. And somebody saw it out of the corner of their eye. And they're like, this guy just stormed out of here, ran to the bathroom and left some white powder. It's probably anthrax. But the <laughs> hazmat team came in and found out that he just left his coke. For fuck's sake. Stay <laughs> your life, mate. So let me let me guess he got fired from his job probably. I don't know. They probably they probably put him on probation or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my friend asked he texts me after and he's like, So did you ask him about the anthrax scare? <laughs> <laughs> I said no I didn't. Oh, but I should have because he was a dick. Yeah. Maybe we should do a uh, beefcake uh one of his movies. Yeah, I had Danny gave me Beefcake's phone number to phone him and line it up, so I could probably just call him back and tell him that he's a dick. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, do it on the podcast. Yeah, we we just watch you in Santa and Muscles. 
your character of a <laughs> Chinese man is disgusting. Go fuck yourself. You're disgusting and you're an asshole. Yeah. Fuck you, Bruce. <laughs> so, uh, oh, speaking of radio show, would you like to plug your... Yeah, let's do it. So yes. I'm on NCIFM, which is uh, in Winnipeg, 105.5, but the NCIFM radio network goes across Manitoba into Ontario and into Saskatchewan a little bit. So there's various frequencies across the dial, wherever you are. But NCIFM.com, you can listen online. If you have the Radio Player Canada app, tune in radio, you can listen there. I'm on air 1 to 6 on the Stephen Richard Show on weekdays from uh, 1 to 6. Five hours of this. Just me rambling. Oh, yeah. It's a great time. At least you're not talking about Undisputed for six hours. Mm, I could. Tomorrow. That, that's, tomorrow I could. That's going to be a topic for tomorrow. Just... Uh, actually, tomorrow I'm supposed to interview uh, Big E from the WWE. Oh, wow. Yeah, so maybe I'll ask him about Undisputed if he's See, ever watched it. You should. You should bring it up. <laughs> hey, man, have you ever watched uh, Undisputed with Ving Rhames and Wesley Snipes? How did you feel after? Yes. And have... <laughs> And have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Undisputed too? <laughs> oh God! I will. I, people ask me so much about the Brutus one. I'll throw a softball question or a left, like a curveball question, is yeah. the word I'm looking for. I'll throw something like that. In. You ever watch Undisputed? Yeah, there you Wesley go. Snipes. And he's like, I don't know that movie. You probably hang up on me. Yeah. Either that, or he'll bite, and he'll be like, I have, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it I, could go one of two ways. Have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Gladiator from 1992, starring Cuba Gooding Jr.? And who's the white guy in it? Oh, I don't know. He never was uh, such I a... think it's James something. But he didn't do much. I actually thought it was uh, Peter Berg when I first saw him. I saw him in another movie years later. Yes. And... Um, Twin Peaks. He was in Twin Peaks. Okay. That's probably That, that was... was pretty much it. And the same thing, this again, digressing oh, from anything. A uh, few good men. Okay. You, you That's did. probably what it was. Yes. And uh, same thing with Slapshot. If you ever watch Slapshot, yes. Ned Braden, who plays like the winger and the top player, I saw him in some other weird like 80s soap opera thing. Okay. It was really weird. It, it is weird when you, you know of a character from a movie. Like an iconic movie. Like, like iconic yeah. or a TV show and you see him be something totally different. And it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the end of Beaver Does Movies episode 26. Thanks to everyone Richard for coming on the show. There's a couple of technical issues right there. So hopefully this comes out pretty well. Thank you for listening guys. Uh, if you want to subscribe we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify and google play twitter at beaver does instagram beaver jmm send me an email beaver does movies at gmail.com Ch- uh, check us out thank you for listening and you guys have a great one